Why don't we rent a video tonight? It's Wick. It's the movie seller. We got a VHS collection, an internet connection, and uninformed opinions. But here's my opinion. Hey yo, Chris can't swim. Dan's a little creepy. He's likely to talk shit about your peepee. Cutting logs on fire like a tiki Damn, George, your motherfucking reeking How much you smoke, how many edibles you eat, man Put you sleep, it's incredible you can speak You're on the phone with the devil's letters preach Chris at your home, expecting all the leaks A leader army, gods of the show forever I'll take the title, come with a stack of better The saint, about the cheddar, the saint That fucking clever, it's just a few feathers Picking them from the letters, shout out to Dopey Nation Shout out to fucking Trevor, thank you for the donations Your path is next level, we sell it brother with felons And telling Keller to Helen, you pick them It's the movie seller Welcome to the movie seller Wait, I was gonna do that like I can't, I can't even do it, like Let's keep this. We gotta well, keep this. Um, no, that's no, some it's not Mick. <laughs> you got to pinch well, your nose while you do it. Pinch your nose while you do it and pretend oh yeah, like that, that you're from the 70s. Welcome. No, no, that I'm is much closer than the Mick voice. <laughs> Welcome to the movie cellar where we have a VHS collection, an internet connection, and uninformed opinions. You think that's right? Yeah, maybe. No, so, okay, so here, pinch. Your nose, uh huh, like that. And do a mar- and do a, a Groucho Marx impression, and Gra- then you will have Al Pacino uh, from the seventies. Welcome to the movie cellar. I don't know, man. That's the closest. We have a VHS collection, internet connection, uninformed opinions. We're brought to you by Gods of the Show, the Alita Army, and uh, my name is Dan, and I'm George, and we are. On season two, the you pick 'em season. Did that and just give on... it all away? Just us just chatting about it like that? Eh, kind of, sort of. But you know, I, the ma- the magic. I feel like well, I'm... no, because they're both because they're both Pacino movies, right? That's right. So that didn't That's... give them away. It's like well, the only did... time we didn't fuck it up. Yeah. I know. By we, I, I mean, mean me. I was gonna say something that you said that kind of gave it away, but I'll wait because that will double give it away if I bring oh, it up. Oh fuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm picking up but, what you're putting down But nonetheless We're on to the letter S And uh, we're getting we're, we're almost through the season man We're almost through the you pick them season You know what pisses me off What pisses you off You know you got We're doing this alphabetical thing And like yeah. I like the alphabetical thing Yeah. But you got some letters like Q Definitely Where we you got letter. a handful of shit to pick from Yeah and then you got some letters like S and T that are just fucking stacked. Stack. And we could literally just do S and T movies for the next decade and have, have an good S- shit to talk about. Could have an S season, a T season. It really easily. And or, everyone would be a banger, you know? Like I mean, honestly, it's like once you get through Q, R S T, those are all like stacked letters and then you um, get to the end of the alphabet and you're like just slap me around like what the fuck well, are we doing u and v aren't great but w is actually surprisingly i there's a lot of w movies um yeah i was kind of surprised by that the last season when we went through 
Because I was like, oh, once we got through R, or sorry, once we got through T, I was like, oh, it's all shit from here on out. But then we got to W, and I was like, wow, there's a lot of W movies. Um, but yeah, man, uh, we're definitely in the fat part of the alphabet right now. Um, but the, when we only the, have a few to choose from, it's so much easier to be like, yeah, I'm going to pick this one because like, I'm not going to pick the others. I know. But then it's, we're trying to pick it, movies for S, and it's like... It's we're hard, just throwing man. out names left and right. Like we didn't, I didn't even have to look at a list. Like I already had a list in my head, and normally I got to look at like a list of you know what's you know popping for that letter. Honestly, I feel and like it's just name after name after name. I feel like these letters are so stacked that I I always feel like we don't like there's there were better bigger there were I don't know. Just stronger choices we could have made. I mean, we I chose like that... specifically not to put Scarface in the mix. I know. In an Al Pacino thing, because it's such a ringer. Right. But, like, that's but, not fair. I mean, okay, so, so yeah. So, just to, to be clear, for the letter S, um, we have picked two Al Pacino films. Um, and in the spirit of Scarface, I feel like we, my thought was kind of like in the spirit of Scarface without actually doing Scarface, let's pick two Al Pacino movies. And so we went with, um, one of your favorites, right? Not one of my favorites, but I thought you said, so I, I thought you said that scent of a woman was one of your favorites. It's not, it's not one of my favorites. Okay. But it's very good, and I feel like it gets overlooked because he has so many movies that are, you know, Scarface and Donnie Brasco and Carlito's Way and Godfather. Godfather. Like, yeah. he's got epic shit, and he's got epic badass shit. Yes. And Scent of a Woman, no one looks at Scent of a Woman and says, well, that's his badass shit. He's actually kind of even... badass in it. But... I know. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's not even just that it's not as big of a movie. It's just a very different vibe from most of his exactly. movies. Exactly. It's a very different vibe. And and honestly, I think he fucking kills it in that movie. Yeah. Like, I I I think he absolutely nails that character. That's where the um, comes from, right? Yeah. 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 No, um, I love that movie. I and I want to say that you introduced me to it. Did you have it on VHS when we were kids? My mom did. Yeah. Because my mom loved that movie. Um, yeah. Because my mom was like, Scent of a Woman and whatever that Western with Sam Elliott was. The, uh, uh, Tombstone? Not, not, no, not Tombstone. It was like something Dove. And it was like a whole series. Lonesome Dove. Yeah, Lonesome Dove. She was like, that's Lonesome not, Dove. That's Robert Duvall, though, isn't it? That's is there not, no Sam Elliott in that? I don't fucking know. I mean, Sam Elliott may be in it. I feel like he's in every Western ever made just because of his look. But It's either him or Clint Eastwood, man. Yeah, right. Do they, do they cross over? Is there a Clint Eastwood, Sam Elliott together? I don't think so, but wouldn't that be something? Dude, favorite Sam Elliott movie? Frogs. That's ridiculous. That's a terrible pick. That movie is garbage. That movie is gorgeous. Sure, George, that movie is trash. They don't. Dude, frogs aren't movie, even the main villain in the movie. No, literally, no one dies because of the frogs. Yeah, a whole shit ton of people die. Not a single one of them die because of the that, frogs. That movie's garbage. And like, I love it for that fact. There, no, it's not even good garbage. Like, no, the kills are shitty. The kills are so lame. Everything about the movie is shitty. Like, it's. It's a the acting's waste, bad. The story's waste bad. Of the writing's bad. However many minutes long it is, 
It was that movie was such a disappointment. Like it's not even like funny bad. It's just shit. I don't know. I mean, I'd watch it. I have it. I'll watch it again. I would rather um, look at a picture of a frog. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they had like ten thousand different kinds of frogs in that movie. Um, yeah, I'm but, but okay. So it. I have an idea that has nothing to do with Sam Elliott or frogs, or and the letter or Al Pacino. I mean, it has something to do with the letter S and something okay. to do with Al Pacino. Okay. But, like, what if next year, instead of the alphabet... Oh, I already have a plan for next season. Okay. I don't well, know. You have plans you... for, like, the next 18 seasons. So I'm just no, going to say have... it. And if it gets in there eventually before I croak, cool. <laughs> croak. So it is related to frog. <laughs> <Ew. Fuck you>. <laughs> um... <laughs> I totally did that. Um, I didn't joke that shit, man. Good, good, because I just walked right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, my idea was, instead of Alphabet, what if we did movie matchups that were much more specific? So if we did, like, two Al Pacino movies, or if we did two mob movies, or if we did two, you know, slashers. You know what I mean? Like, if we p- picked two yeah, well, that were I either... Kind of started doing that anyway with just the added element of doing it alphabetical. I mean, I mean, we have, but like, I would love to watch Scarface and Carlito's Way and talk about the difference. I would love to watch, you know, some. I don't well, know. Well, that's I feel like there's just. So now we're talking about doing both. We're not talking about doing yeah, one. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm talking about like if we did one as the one that like whichever one wins, and then the bonus week we do the other one. Like, we go back to season one where we, you know, we we do, like, a bonus week that was one of the other movies. Well, we've already got a bunch of VHS for T1D stacked up that we haven't done yet, so... Oh, shit. So, we gotta, <laughs> do we need to do an in-between season? I don't... We don't have <laughs> like that... Like a mini-season? We don't have that many yet, but we've got, we like... we got some weeks three. to go. I know. So... Drum it up. Do you want to hear my idea for next season, or should we save that? We I feel I like... I mean, we I'm gonna save. forget... I'm going to forget. So it's up to I you. Do you want yeah, to announce no. what you want to do to the listeners? No, no. I want I want to surprise them when it drops. It'll be fresh It'll be fresh news to me every single time you say it. So it I doesn't know, matter to me. I know, but if I record it, that'll just be you. And I don't want to surprise you. I want to surprise the listeners. Right. So, so I'm going to save it. But I will tell you once we're done recording. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, put, it in your, put a bug in your ear on it. Uh, you'll probably hate it because you always hate my best ideas. Yeah, uh, but they grow on me, and by grow on me, I mean we do them anyway. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and, then, like, and then you realize that. And then I get into ideas. it, and then I get into it because you know that's the option. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not bad ideas. It's just you know how it is. You get something in your head, and you're like, oh, that's really cool, and then it's you do something different, and it's not the thing that you were thinking of. No, but like. What always it's, happens? It's never really going to be like that. I get it in my head. Oh, this will be really cool, and then I right, bring then it we to do. you, and you're like, and you like take a big shit on it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> now I'm Listen, sad. Listen, I just want to let you know where there might be water damage that you have to repair before your insurance gets oh, messed yeah. up. Dwight, Dwight K. Erskine over here. I'm kind of a dick. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love your new house. Did you realize that, like, you have a bunch of ants living in here? That's so cool. Like, a whole ant colony. That's so neat. <laughs> yeah. 
They're getting in through this busted window. <laughs> yep. Pretty much, Max. <laughs> um, okay, so speaking of Al Pacino, which we really weren't anymore, but I'm going to go back to Al Pacino. <laughs> going back Good. to Al Pacino. Um, did you ever Man, I miss having Chris on these episodes. He did such a good job of keeping us on topic. I don't feel like he did. He would just stop talking when we would go off the rails. Um, but I guess in a way that helped us get it back on track because it was like, oh, if Chris stopped talking, it means that we're that we've lost the audience. Because he was kind of like the audience person of the group. <laughs> like that's interesting if, to say because he talked way more than I did. He did. He did. You know what? We need to get him back. You just mean he represents the audience. Right. Whereas I just represent me. Right. Like, if you think of, like, I always think of when we are doing it, like, with three of us, I always thought of it kind of like last podcast on the left, where um, there's one dude, Marcus, who kind of, like, comes with, like, all the info and kind of, like, tries to keep things, like, rolling. And then there's the second guy, Henry who kind of also has a lot of info, but he's more, like, off the rails. He's the wild card. And then there's the third guy, Ben, who is more like the audience, who doesn't really know anything, and he's just kind of hearing it along with the audience, and he is he's, like, responding to it how you would respond if you were there and talking to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. You being the general you, not you specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always yeah, felt I, like I picked Chris, up on that. Chris was kind of that like Ben role where he'd be like, we would say stuff and he would be like, oh, that's cool. Or like, I didn't realize that. Or, you know, that right. kind of changes the way I think about this. We need to get Chris back. At, if for nothing more, I mean, obviously love to get Chris back on the show. Chris, if you're not listening, fuck you. If you are listening, we love you, buddy. So choose your own adventure. But what I want to say is we need to get him back on because we need to, at the very least, get him to do the Star Wars trilogy with us. Because that motherfucker needs to watch Star Wars, man. Yeah. That would be fun, wouldn't it? To do this episode four, five, and six? Yeah, I think I'd rather do Godfather one and two. No, that's ridiculous. Those are not fun movies, dude. The Godfather movies are amazing movies, but they're not fun movies. Star Wars is such a fun series. Remember, like, it was like doing Indiana Jones with them, man. Like, it's just doing so... Doing Indiana Jones was fun. It's just so fun cool. and so epic and, like, so, like, it's such a great adventure story. Um, so now, see, if we did my idea for next season, we could do, like... You know, we could do like Star Wars four and like a Star Trek movie. That's I don't want to compare Star Wars to Star Trek. That doesn't sound fun at all. I want to do Star Wars episode four, five and six as a trilogy of episodes, just like we did Indiana Jones, just like we did Lord of the Rings, which was the series that drove him from the show. (laughs) And just like, I don't know. Just like I want to do Star Wars. So you want to entice him back with the same type of stuff that pushed him away. Well, no. Well, I mean, work work and having a life pushed him away. Because the Star Wars movies are way shorter than the Lord of the Rings movies. So it's a different thing. short. You know what's not short? The movie we watched. 
The movie yeah. we watched, I mean, it's not like excessively long time wise, but the movie is such a constant tempo. Yes. Like yeah. there's a like there's a lot the, of story to tell, man. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of, of story to tell, and it's not it's not like there's a lot of peaks and valleys. Like it is just a very level story okay. the whole time with a slight escalation. So listen, we suck at podcasting, man. All right, we're we've been all over the fucking map. So here's the deal: we're on the letter S. We're doing two Al Pacino movies. One of those movies is Scent of a Woman. And the other one is, what is it, George? Serpico. Serpico. I'm Serpico. No, man, he goes by Paco. Yeah, Paco. Well, to his friends, he's Paco. But to his coworkers, he's Serpico. Right. Um, And to people he meets around town, he's Frank until they become friends. Um. But yeah, so those were the two movies that we picked, and and we did what we've been doing pretty regularly since it since it was just the two of us, and that is we kind of picked them together and then just said who wants to take which one, and um, and so you picked Scent of a Woman, which I was totally fine with because I kind of like when I watch Scent of a Woman, I kind of like. It always reminds me of you and your mom moving in with us because I remember you guys brought that movie with you and that was the first time I had seen it. Um, so you picked Scent of a Woman and I picked Serpico. Um, I had never seen Serpico. Really? I only knew about it because on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there's an episode, it's a great episode, um, where they're like supposed to be cleaning up the streets um, and Frank and Dennis get police uniforms, but they're like, Charlie wants one, but they're like, we can't have three guys driving around in cop uniforms. Like that would look ridiculous. So Charlie's like, don't worry, I got this. And he put, and he makes the Serpico outfit and, um, he's walking around pretending to be Serpico. And he's like, and, uh, Frank and Dennis are like, they're shaking down the hot dog guy to like give them hot dogs <laughs> and uh, you know, in their police uniforms. And Charlie's like, what is this town coming to? You're all crooked cops. You're all crooked. Cause they're stealing hot dogs. That's ridiculous. The thing is they're like not cops at all. Which right. Is, um, but anyway, so that was all I knew of Serpico, but, um, but yeah, so I was, I was keen on checking that movie out. I'd been wanting to watch it for a while. Um, and when we started the show, that was what I wanted to do the show for anyway, was to like watch movies that I hadn't seen. Um, so that's always such a hard one because like, we'll get to certain letters and it's like, Oh man, I fucking love this movie so much. I want to talk about it. And then there's like, Oh man, I haven't seen this movie. I want to watch it. Or it's like when we did driven, and it was a shit movie, you know? Right, but Driven we wanted to watch try. it because it was Sly Stallone, you know? Like, right. we went so, into it being like, oh, it's got Sly. Like, it's got to be decent. I don't know what it is, but it's got it's, it's at least got a cast. But that's and then we the watched thing, it, it's and we were like, just fucking shoot. slap me in the face, like, with death. Just give me bubonic plague. I don't want to <laughs> watch this shit. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, it's a total crapshoot when you pick a movie you haven't seen. Like, is this even going to make good content? 
Um, I feel like we did all right with that episode, especially considering it was like our fourth episode. But, um, you know, but yeah, that movie was so I always forget. I can't even ever remember the title. Is it Drive or Driven? Driven. Drive is a DVD era movie. Yes. Is that like Gosling? Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I I don't know if I've seen that. I mean, to be fair, Driven is also a DVD era movie. Remember, it was very late stage VHS. It was like oh two. Oh or right, 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 right. So and when I say DVD stage, I mean like separated, but they overlapped a lot. They did overlap a lot. Yeah, I mean DVDs started in like the in like ninety nine. I mean they were pretty popular, and by the time we rolled into Y two K, man. Um, but anyway, Serpico. That was the other pick, and um. Yeah, th- it was incredibly close. Instagram, it was a dead tie. 50-50 with like 30 votes, which is pretty strong. Like, that's a pretty strong voter turnout on Instagram. Um, and Facebook, we got about the amount of votes we always get on Facebook was like three. Um, and that was two to one Serpico to Scent of a Woman. And then Twitter, because Twitter is Twitter's our sweet spot, man. That's where we get that's where we get all the votes. Um, and it almost is always the deciding platform. Um, even Twitter was close. It was like a three vote difference um, in favor of Serpico over Scent of a Woman. So Serpico won. Um, but like it was like three votes with like sixty votes total. You know. You know, I've come up with a good idea. What's that? We could have done Scarface if Scarface was my movie. Because then we still would have watched whatever the fuck we put against it because it wasn't my movie. Dude, they know, man. They know. I put like little secret hints in the tweets to let them know that. That's like vote for this one because that one's wrong. That's right. Vote for this one because this one, the <laughs> other one is George's movie. Like, let's just keep fucking George over. I can't it's win. So- I like, I can't win. I've had ringers, can't win. I've had shit, can't ring, win. I've had stuff that, like, we talk about. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'll take, can't, I can't win. I know. Well, especially something like this that was so close anyway that it's like, you know, this could have really been a coin flip at how close it was. Um, and you still didn't win, dude. So what can I say, man? And the thing is like, you need to clarify to the listeners like this. I I let you pick first almost every time. Almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. Like whenever we do this together, when we're like saying you're not making it fair for me, man, it's just no one likes the movies I pick or, (laughs) or, or they've already heard all they want to hear about it. I guess. Speaking of, speaking of coin flips, that's not fair to say because like, there were like 30, 40, 50 people who wanted to do Scent of a Woman. That's true. It's not you know? no one. It's right. just there's never a majority. Right. So, anyway, I mean, were you super disappointed that we're doing Serpico instead of Scent no, of a Woman? No, Serpico's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. So, and, we And break? honestly, I hadn't watched Serpico in a long time. I have seen it more than yeah. once. But I had not seen it in years. All right. Well, listen. and I forgot how good it was. So, like, Let's... I'm not disappointed at all that we watched Serpico over Scent of a Woman. Good. Let's break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Serpico. I'm Serpico. Oh, sorry. Let me play my nose. I'm Serpico. 
Al Pacino, Simpico, bitches. Now do, do your ballet out. First position, man. You can get anywhere from there. All right. We'll be back. We're do- yeah. going to do the intermission. Doodly do. And now. then we'll come back. Doodly do. Doodly do. Ding dong. Doodly do. What? I said I'm proud of you. You should have been there. I was there. Should have seen it. Should have been there. Should have been a part of it. Should have done it. Should have um, done better. <laughs> what is that? I just so I just uh, watched Batman Begins and Dark Knight with uh-huh. the boys, and yeah. I don't know why I said that then, but that's the the homeless guy <sighs> outside of the bar where bruce wayne meets uh falcone for the first time oh he gets, yeah like beat up and kicked out and and, and he just says should have done better and i was then, really hoping that was your batman impression <laughs> no no that was my impression of a bomb okay um well anyway i don't know what i, I don't, don't know really understand I why i don't know why that happened this is why right. i don't do impressions dan yeah, I know. Do an impress, like do a, do a like Serpico impression. That would make a lot more sense. I can't. I don't do impressions. You just plug your nose, right? Just plug your nose and do a Joe, a Groucho Marx impression. That's somebody told me that once. That's how you That's do a Serpico. Some dumb fucker. I don't know. Why so what I was people. saying at the beginning is that you did give away which one won because you By said saying 70s. You know, in the seventies, right? Not the eighties, nineties. 90s? It was the 90s. Wow, I didn't realize it was that far. I want to say it was like 94. Wow, I did not but, realize. I mean, I guess that wow. would make sense because it had Robin. Impressions. That was your Owen Wilson. Wow. Wow. <laughs> no? No, my nose is Owen Wilson's impression. Yeah, right. <laughs> my face. <laughs> Look at my face. That's my Owen Wilson impression. Uh, yeah, Scent of a Woman is 92. So, there you go. Um, and his name was Frank. Right in now. Scent of a Woman. And it had Robin, so that's why that was relevant. Well, yeah, right, Chris O'Donnell. But I was thinking his name's Frank in, um, in this movie, too. Yeah. yeah. Frank, Frank yeah, yeah. Sinatra. I'm getting I'm an getting- echo. You getting an echo from me? No, from me. Oh, you can hear yourself on my end? I did a couple times. But not now? Not now. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens with the recording. These might be coming out like shit. Nobody's telling me other than you. So if you're listening to the show yeah, right now and it sounds like shit, let me know. Let us know how we can make our show better and sound less like shit. Because we don't want to sound like shit. Do you want to sound like shit, George? I mean, 
not don't really care necessarily. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Oh, I'm echoing again. Fuck, dude. Do you have your headphones on? Yeah. I mean, I could go put on my headphones. We see if that would help. I mean, whatever you want to do, man. Let me go get my headphones. I didn't echo that time. Oh no! No, now I'm, I, I'm echoing again. Fuck. Okay. Let me get my headphones. Calm, calm your, calm your tits. All right. Calming them. Calming them. This is dead air, man. It's bad right. podcasting. Just keep talking. It won't be dead air. So Serpico, that was a fun movie. I mean. It's basically like, think of any Denzel Washington movie. This is the progenitor of that. No, it is not. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to say. No Hold way, on. man. Let me see if this works. This is so much more badass than a Denzel movie. I mean, maybe sort of, kind of, like Training saying, Day. Like, I'm just saying, no, like Denzel wants to be like the... I don't know. It felt it felt very much like this is what Denzel watched to get him into acting and he wanted to emulate it every chance he could. That's bonkers. I don't agree with that. Hold on. I do think that Al Pacino in this movie sounded like he was doing a Groucho Marx impression for the first half of the movie. Not at all. He was being Al Pacino, man. That's his voice. No, he was so much more nasally. Even more than normal. It actually, it reminded me a lot of, like, older Al Pacino. Um, well, it is older Al Pacino. He'd only been in a couple of movies before this. Yeah, so it's not older. No, it's younger Al Pacino. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, you mean older as, okay, so Al Pacino's age, not older as in a long time ago. I get what no, you're saying. As in Al Pacino when he got older. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. This says it's paired. Let me connect it. Connecting. All right. It's doing something. Tap to set up your uproar wireless. Allow. Okay. Close. What? All right. Well, I got you on my headphones now. Oh, but man, I want to. You sound weird. Yeah, I know. I got to change my um my mic back. Um, audio and video settings. I want to do. I want my mic to be. Are you using the blue ball? I need to switch it back to the, the snowball, whatever the yeah, fuck it's called. How do I sound now? Do I sound better? Now you sound you sound like you did before, which is better. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So now I got you on my headphones, and me on the mic, on the ones and twos. Wait, no, the guy on the mic's not on the ones and twos, right? That's I don't the, know. The guy on the ones and twos is the um is the DJ, right? I don't know. George, you used to listen to rap music all the time. I still listen to rap music. That doesn't mean I understand how shit works. You do. Don't God fucking fuck, George. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when like you leave me out on a limb when I assume <laughs> that you know about something that I know you know leave, about. I'm not leaving you out on a limb you if I don't like know. You don't know no, you pretend like you don't know. I'm not pretending. I wish I knew. I would love to clarify. You know, it's like... But I don't fucking uh, know. We got DJ Georgie, Georgie George on the ones and twos. You know, that's what they would say. <laughs> Is that what they would say? DJ Captain George of the Horse Marines on the ones and twos. 
Is that what they would say? <laughs> that's what I would say. That's what you would uh, say. <laughs> that's what I just did say. Okay. So, yeah, what I was trying to say about Al Pacino in this movie is, like, his voice and, like, his whole vibe, especially, like, as he gets, as Serpico gets kind of more grizzled and, like, um, you know, disenchanted and all that stuff, um, he starts to sound a lot more like older Al Pacino. Like, Oh, yeah, he gets a lot more gruff. You know, like scent of a woman, Al Pacino. You know, like where he's like really like a real fucking bastard. And he doesn't yes. talk about that, but you understand. Yeah, no, he definitely he definitely pulls out his Batman voice. He gets harsh. I it's... thought you were gonna say he gets hard. <laughs> it's like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Um, I, don't, I don't know. All right, he does well, such before... a good job in this movie. Yeah, he does. But before we get too far into it, why don't you uh, why don't you throw a plot summary? At us here real quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. right. Movie starts. Bang! Serpico's dying. He's uh, in the back of a cop car. Okay, the movie starts with the the police siren, but it's like long and drawn out and haunting. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. It really sets a tone of anxiety. No commentary. So he's been shot in the face. He's in the back of a police car. He gets to a hospital room. They're doing surgery. And then flashback. And then the rest of the movie starts, you know, at the beginning of the story. Um, Beginning of the story is he is graduating from the police academy. And he is young and energetic and has no facial hair and naive and just so excited and proud to be a cop. And so he goes and he does the cop thing. And he is he's not he's immediately not like the other cops. There, uh, there's a scene where they go into this like deli, and the deli guy's like, you know, you want some cream chicken, and he's like, no, nah, I want like a pastrami or roast beef or something, and the yeah. other cop's like, you fucking idiot, just take what he gives you, it's free, we give him a deal, and so like every instance, every other cop is like, you know, on the take, getting something on the side, and he's not like that, like he he honestly wants to just be a good cop make detective make an impact and help the community and every other cops like give us your money bitch um so uh it goes on from there he ends up getting into like he hates all the other cops because they're all corrupt and so he tries to work like on his own he gets into another was a district or whatever and he gets to be plain clothes and do some undercover stuff and like just go get people on the street his own way uh he starts like he gets a new apartment and he's he's you know meeting people outside of work and he's growing a mustache and uh getting kind of into the the hippie lifestyle and meeting people and you know talking to people of all different backgrounds and varieties and he's just getting more cultured and whatnot and the cops are staying stagnant, just doing their own thing, being very homophobic and being very, like, set in their ways. And he's just, he's, he's like, you're all outdated, you know? Let's, let's learn what the streets are doing. Um, and there's more and more and more corruption. He transfers again, and there's more and more and more corruption. He's getting pissed. And his girlfriend is like, if you don't marry me, I'm going to go marry this other guy in Texas. And he's like, well, am I invited? <laughs> um, that's a great which, line. That's so cold. I love it. I love yeah. it. 
Yeah. Um. So then he's on his own again. Um. He's getting more and more and more pissed, and he sees this woman like that's next door that works at the hospital, and now they're dating. And yep. you know he's being like classy with like champagne and breakfast and he's always got a new animal like you know a, a dog and a mouse and a fucking big white i don't know is it a macaw i don't know what the fuck it is bird it's a big, big white, white bird. exotic bird anyway mm-hmm. he's just getting more and more like separated from everyone else like he's into his own stuff and he really hates the corruption. It's getting worse and worse. And all the cops are like, here's your cut of the money. He's like, I don't want it. And they're like, we can't fucking trust you. And he's like, well, no one, I can't trust you because you're on the take. And uh, he's getting threatened and stuff. And he tries going to people like higher up. And they basically are like, no, yeah, of course we'll do something about it. But they don't because they're corrupt too. Mm-hmm. And then he's, he's, he does the uh, was a BCI or whatever. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Where he's like running fingerprints and shit. Trying yeah. to get into detective. And he meets this one guy who like isn't necessarily the best street cop, but says he's the political guy that knows people and he also wants to be a good cop and he's trying to like get him to go talk to you know they try to go talk to the commissioner and the commissioner is you know like whatever the fuck and then they go and they talk to like the assistant mayor and he's like oh yeah and then the mayor squashes it because it's not priority and and then he's like let's go to the times he's like i can't go to the times they'll kill me and it's more and more and more corrupt and everyone's like oh yeah we'll do something we'll do something we'll do something like a year and a half goes by nothing so he goes to the times and he tells a story to the times and there's this grand jury and then everyone fucking hates him because they now it's out that he was telling. And they transfer him to uh, um, the narcotics. narcotics unit. And the narcotics unit, um, you know, goes on this on this ride and they find this guy who's like, I know where, you know, some heroin's going to go down. And so Serpico ends up being sent in by himself to, like, watch the buy while the other guys are outside. And as soon as he sees the buy like gets them and they go to to uh you know arrest the guy and serpico goes up to the door and like knocks on the door and says the password and and so the drug guy opens the door and and serpico tries to like bust in and arrest him and the other cops just hang back and refuse to help and uh serpico gets shot in the face you know like you do Mm -hmm. um and so then it's back to where it was at the beginning of the movie and he goes to the hospital and then it's like he's being harassed at the hospital and miraculously he's going to be okay. Kind of deaf in one ear, a little banged up, but he survives. He's fine. And they finally give him the detective badge basically to try to shut him up. And he's like, fuck y'all and retires. Um, But because of all this, the nap commission happens and that's like the biggest you know, dig into corrupt police in New York in history, and it was massive and uh, changed things for the better. Yeah, so it's worth noting that, like, this is a biopic um, or a biopic. I was listening to um, to Award Wieners today, which is a great show, 
Um, and they were having that debate about how you phrase, how you say that word. Would you say biopic or biopic? Biopic. You would say biopic. Yeah. I would definitely say say biopic. Um, I mean. If I was reading things like So Crates and Beef Oven, sure. <laughs> it's like a bio pick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But a biopic sounds like like you're having surgery. Uh, actually, maybe it was Geek Exploration that was having that conversation. Maybe it was. Anyway, um, both great shows, both movies, or both shows you should listen to. Any anyway, Serpico is a biopic. It's based on the real life events surrounding uh, yeah, Frank. The, the movie is based on the book that's based on the real life story. Right. And the book was written in cooperation with Frank Serpico. The movie was made in cooperation with Frank Serpico. Um, Al Pacino spent a significant amount of time with Frank Serpico, not just learning like his mannerisms and his speech patterns and things like that, but really trying to like get to know the man and get to understand and the story. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, get and to holy understand. shit, the at least the end of that movie is like verbatim to how it allegedly really happened. You, what do you mean the speech? No, not the speech just the speech. is verbatim. The, the, speech, the speech is, is verbatim. I, I know, but like the detail. So that drug bust is like yeah. exactly how it was supposed to be, where Serpico was sent in by himself and he went up to the roof and like down through. And, you know, he was yeah. the one that ended up having to go to the door to say the password because he could speak Spanish. And he only got Which, shot by in the, the face. way, Frank Serpico can speak like eight different languages. Like, yeah, he's he so speaks fucking Spanish, smart. Italian, French, English, Japanese. That's only five, but like he probably speaks more. <laughs> but Was like there Latin in there dude, somewhere too. I don't fucking know. Probably, but yeah, dude is fucking smart, and he's still alive, by the way. Yeah, and he's still active in uh, in dealing with yeah, you know, protesting police, police brutality corruption. and corruption. Yeah. Yeah, he was very. He spoke out very openly about um, Colin Kaepernick, um, in support of Colin Kaepernick and his protest. Um, you know, kneeling, um, the controversial kneeling yeah. during the national anthem. Um, Serpico, Frank Serpico, came out and in, in support of Kaepernick and said, like, yeah, corruption is definitely still a very real thing. Um, it might look a little different now than it did back then, but it's definitely still there. Um, but yeah, that scene is, is very much almost exactly the way it happened. And I think you get, there's definitely an advantage of having the people that were involved, um, being involved in the film, you know? Yeah. Um, Not just that very shortly after the actual event. Yeah. Like it was 30 years later. It was like, like a year later. It was okay. So this all like finished up in like 72 right that's or when was, he retired right so, and that's when the book was written right and then the, the movie book came out in 72 and the movie was came made out, in 72 came out in 73 right yeah and the movie was made in like three like two months yeah crazy. it's it was crazy pounded out like in the amount of time it took pacino to grow that hair they made the movie no 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 is that hair no, fake? no 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 the hair is not fake 
and they do it in reverse? They made it in reverse. So what? the earliest scenes in the movie were shot last. Um. So Man, yeah, he started that with a is, full beard. That is so much more impressive because yeah. Pacino's his ability to run that character arc from being so naive and excited and like wide-eyed and bouncy to you know grizzled inside himself and grizzled and angry and lashing out and like frustrated and like ah fuck it with all this i mean it wasn't just his appearance it was his tone. It was his mannerisms. It was it was everything. His whole body had that character arc. And so something good. you said at, like earlier, I think before we went to break, was like the movie is slow in the sense that you don't necessarily see scene by scene. You don't see him becoming like more um, like jaded. Right, there's but no peaks and you, valleys. It's like a slight incline the whole way, and but, it's long enough that when you turn around at the end, you're like, "Oh shit, I went up the mountain." Right, but you didn't. You don't realize that as you're going. That's what. That's what's really impressive about it is like you don't necessarily see it. It's not jarring. It's like it's just subtle changes that are just kind of like, you know, just inching you toward that person that he's becoming. Okay, which is of much jarring. more. Yeah. What you know what's really jarring is how come is how every time I'm fucking talking, you're transitioning to something else. <laughs> yeah. My Fucker. interruptions are probably pretty jarring. Okay. So very, very, very early on in the movie, you sort of get that jarring feeling, but not because of what's happening in the movie, but because of the way they do all the subtleties. So when I mentioned the siren at the beginning how it's long and stretched out and it builds that anxiety Yeah. when he's like in the car shot in the face and he's just sort of lolling about and then it cuts to silence. So you have that and then it cuts to silence and he's brought into the hospital um, and they, they got him on the table and you, they, the sound is fucking crisp as hell. And you're, yeah. he, you hear every cut of the cloth to get his clothes open you hear the tourniquet stretching on his arm. Like everything is just crisp and sharp and aggressive sound wise. And then cuts to silence again. And then boom, there's a phone ringing. And so it's like, it's like noise, silence, noise, silence, noise, silence. And then, but once it gets back to like starting at the beginning of the story, it just goes to normal. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I that's definitely true. And and the, the sirens at the beginning are very like they make you very anxious because like not only are they sirens which, you know, are kind of supposed to make you feel like, you know, alarmed anyway, but it's like they overexpose the sound or whatever they call it, you know, where it's like they let it get too loud that it like muffles it or whatever. Yeah, it starts um, to distort. Yeah, it's it's very like screechy. It's, like it's almost the signal, but they also like drag it out. Like they they yes. like stretch the sound. So instead of you know like a wee woo wee woo, wee, you know it's like super long. Yeah, yeah, and like to the point where before you actually see the siren, you don't even necessarily know what it is. It just sounds like screeching. Um, 
because they the sound starts before the video starts. Right, and then um, the video is dark, and right. it's just a guy with a you know hole in his face bleeding. Yeah. Um. Yeah, dude, that's a really good point. I will say one like slight adjustment to your plot summary. They do go back in time. There is a little bit of an overlap between um the the post shooting like hospital um arc and his backstory um as they're telling the story of him graduating uh from the police academy and everything they are cutting back and forth between that and like people getting calls about serpico has been shot oh was the police officer and all that i know at least six cops that said they wanted to yeah right which by the way that that opening scene, that opening series is so much cooler after you've watched the movie to go back and to know like, Oh, this is who this guy is. This is who he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like the first time you watch it, you're just like, these are just clues to like who Serpico is and kind of the situation he's in. You don't necessarily know these people, but once you've watched it and you go back, you're like, Oh, yeah, shit. Like, I know exactly who he's talking about and what he's talking about. The idea that this is filmed in reverse, though. Like, yeah, that yeah. character arc, and it's not just the it's not just the script, man. I mean, Pacino, not just Pacino, but a lot of the other characters as well did a really good job with the anxiety in the scenes growing as the movie goes yeah but there's not a lot of characters that that like most of the characters are only in the movie for like one chunk of time like they're not there's not a lot of characters that stick with him from the beginning to the end that's true that's i mean like his parents are obviously there but they're you don't see them except they have very minimal roles and their roles are pretty consistent i mean just his one friend tom or whatever um, and he kind of even bails for a significant portion of the movie um, because the two of them get in that fight. He changes women. You know, he goes from one woman to another woman. Right. Um, and, you know, the second woman, she doesn't she only gets him like in a good like in a goodish kind of place for like the very beginning of their their relationship it's not long before he's yeah, okay so i was talking about the other characters doing a good job Lori, that second girlfriend mm-hmm. she is the only character in the movie that kind of took me out of the movie a little bit really yeah and, and I, I i can't pinpoint what it is i mean i'm not saying she did a bad job I'm not saying that she was inaccurate to what that character should be. I'm not saying that she did anything wrong, but for some reason I could not buy in her character. And I think part of it is like, I don't know. Like they, I feel like they had several occasions with the first girlfriend where you see the progression of him and her together. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, from it's Frank and you know where they meet at school or whatever right and then okay now you can call me paco and now we're at your friend's party and now it's please stop introducing me as a cop and then you know then they're together and then even the way they end is very intimate you know Mm -hmm. in that bathtub Mm -hmm. and then you don't really get the same 
progression with Lori. Yeah, she's just kind of there, and you right. And, and, it's and like, they're... oh, if you love the garden, you gotta love the man, and then boom, they're together, and then it's boom, I love you, I can't think of anything else, and then they're done. But that, uh, yes, they did not spend time. That I mean, you can't blame the actress for that. No, not they at didn't all. spend That's time in the movie. Wrong. I'm just saying she's the only character that I wasn't in love with. I guess. They didn't spend time in the movie developing the or showing the development of the relationship. They just assumed that you assumed that time has passed. And so because they're still together, they've grown closer. And that actually well, you see a progression with Pacino's character in that relationship because he starts out very sweet and he starts out, you know, sharing his intellectual side and sharing his compassionate romantic side. And then. You see the, you know, him yelling, when I come home, I don't want to have to pick shit up. And, you know, she's like, don't take it out on me. And, and like, from that point on, like, he's more and more angry at everything. And she jumps from the, don't take it out on me, to the, I can't take it anymore. Like, you see the progression in him. How is that a jump? How is that a jump? She should have been like, fuck off immediately. She She should have been like. And so the fact that she got sick of dealing with his bullshit is not a jump. I don't know, man. I felt like I saw more of a progression in him with those scenes than I did with her. I don't know. Well, you I've, also are watching him wrong. exclusively through the movie. So like That's true. So like you're only seeing her when he's interacting with her. You're seeing him in all that space in between. But like what I want to say is kind of related to this and it was something that like was a big thing that I that I realized watching the movie. Um, is like there, it's really interesting when you take a true story like this, a bi- a biopic, um, to, to use the phrase a biopic. Yeah. Yeah. Biopic. <laughs> um, because there's a lot of like elements that if you were making up a character, you wouldn't bother with because they're a little bit distracting. But because it's a true story, you include them for authenticity's sake, but they don't necessarily like, they don't, they're not ever necessarily explained and they're not ever necessarily brought to the forefront. And so that relates to this relationship in the sense that honestly, I think the movie would have been better served for him to have one relationship throughout for that first girl to be the girl that he stayed with throughout or that second relationship should have not gotten as intimate as it did. Or if it did get as intimate as it did, they should have dedicated more on screen time to that intimacy building to them moving in together to them, you know, all that shit. But, um, the the fact is like that was how it went but it wasn't the main point of the movie and so there wasn't a lot of focus on it now another thing that i wanted to point out in regard to that is the animals like serpico is this big animal lover which you only get implied through the movie you never hear it explicitly stated um 
but yeah, like that was like a big thing. Now, did he need to have a pet bird in the movie and a pet mouse in the movie and all that? No, it added these fun little like. I actually really liked those parts. Well, yeah, like the mouse part with the mouse in his hand and saying it's his partner and stuff. That was a great no, little like. No, I, that was my least favorite part of, of the Of course animals. it was. You are being so difficult tonight, by the way. That's what I do, man. That's Keep going. That's what I do. Keep going. Okay, so I think the animal scenes were actually very important because they helped show how compassionate he was because his character was becoming so angry and disenfranchised with police, which was basically all of the other people in the movie were either bad police or criminals. Like, Mm -hmm. only a few people didn't fall under under those, right? So mm-hmm. you can't have him show compassion to the people to show his compassionate side because that wouldn't match. You could have just been compassionate to his girlfriend. I mean, that's yeah, but but that was showing the rising aggression was he was starting to like lose it and take it out on her. But with the animals where there was never a chance that the animals were, you know, being bad or corrupt in any way, he was always compassionate with them he was always loving to them he always took the time to be gentle with them so i think that really helped to show his personal sincerity and his personal personal level of compassion because the only other real time that you see that with a person is okay so when when he's when he's still in uniform and they go and they stop that rape and he catches mm-hmm. the one guy mm-hmm. and he takes that one guy across the street for a coffee. And he's like, I don't get you. Like why? Like you're not obligated to these people. Like turn them in, like help yourself. I mean, it doesn't necessarily feel like it's a hundred percent genuine because he's trying to get the other people, but it's also, it is also genuine because he's trying to do it away from the other cops. He's trying to, you know, give this guy a chance. He feels bad. that This guy got beat up by cops. So besides that one guy who's a criminal, he really only shows compassion to the animals. Yeah. He just randomly has a fucking bird though. I mean, it like, I get the value of it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's overly, <laughs> compassionate he's feeding a bird he's petting a mouse he's not like saving shares the food with the bird like he's up late at night when he could be in bed with his girlfriend i think that that's more just about that's just him absent-mindedly like doing something but i think it's showing his angst towards people i mean she specifically was like you know you're either super angry or you're just like out of it and that parallels the last two scenes, the one where he was super angry and screaming at her about the house not being clean. And then him absentmindedly feeding the bird. Like, but either way, if this were not a true story, they would not have just introduced like, Oh, here's a bird without like making a point of being like, right. It would have had to have more meaning. Exactly. Like it would have just had to been tied in better. Right. When it, you make up a story, things are in the movie if you need them. Like, whatever you need is going to be in exactly. the movie if you need it. Like, when it's you a don't true show story, the gun, 
you don't you show the gun unless you're going to use the gun, right? Right. Um, but I guess I, I, there's a bigger point there, which is like real life uh, doesn't isn't always like a nice, clean story like normal storytelling. And when you make a movie that's based on a true story, like the more to me, like seeing these details that don't necessarily lend to the um, main like storyline that are just kind of like these little almost Easter eggs in there of like who this person really is. Um, that to me makes the movie feel more genuine, like more like they're trying to be authentic to who this man actually was instead of doing like what Hollywood likes to do, which is being like, this is based on a true story and then completely fucking making the whole thing up, you know? Right, right, right. Where they say based on a true story, which means that like the guy's name was Ted and then everything else is fucked. Right, right. But they didn't have whether anybody like I'm not trying to say that anyone had any altruistic in- intentions when they made the film. But the fact is, like, Frank Serpico was still alive and they couldn't just, like, make up a story about him. They had to be they had to be true to who he was or else, like, there could have been issues, you know. Well, not so. just that, not just that, but it was so timely yeah, that having it real was a huge selling point because you didn't have the internet then; you just had the newspapers and the Nap Commission being such a big thing and pointing out the police corruption being such a big thing. I mean, that's a massive story. Yes, yeah, how it's like you, the how do it, you tell it properly and capitalize on it properly with just newspapers? Well, you put a book out, but. That's only going to get picked up by the people that read books. You make a movie about it, you can make that as real and gritty as you want because people want to know those details. If you make that fake, they're like, oh, it's just another fucking movie. Right. And you definitely, like, because these things were such huge current events, like, that's a huge, that's a big selling point. You know, it's like when they made, like, movies about the World Trade Center, you know, shortly after that happened, or movies about the Boston Marathon bombing shortly after that happened. Like, um, that it, what, however much is true versus however much is like, you know, bullshit, the audience isn't necessarily going to know. And what gets scary about that is that the bullshit becomes part of the true story in people's minds just because it all gets mushed together and so, you know, you have like you have a responsibility as a filmmaker to like keep that in consideration, I think, when you're dealing with relatively current events, especially significant current events. And the Nap Commission and what Serpico like did with his whistleblowing was hugely important, you know? No. Um, lamplighting. Right, lamplighting, like Paul Revere, right? Yeah. That's why he called it lamplighting, because that was yeah. like Paul Revere's thing. But yeah, either way, um, whistleblowing, lamplighting, whatever you want to call it. What he did was really important, and it was not the only thing that brought about change in New York, in New York City, but it was a 
very big part of the transition of like out of like the completely fucking disaster that the city had become in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it was the first time that an NYPD officer had come forward anywhere near that extent of this is fucked. This is how deep this is. Right. And it was in a really critical time too because like New York City was like the fucking it was it was terrible. It was a terrible city. Like Times Square, you know, this is like where you have Times Square is like full of you know, like sex shops and porn shops. It was basically a red light district. Yeah, and like all of the fucking um, prostitution and all of and the organized stuff, crime. Like yeah. Working right out of street, like right out of the street front shops, like not hiding at all. Right. Because they were paying the cops, and so it was like openly okay. Right. So Serpico and what he did. And the NAP Commission and what they did was, like, a really big part of transitioning out of that into, like, Giuliani's New York, you know, which is kind of, like, paved the way for it to get back on track to where it is now, to where it's, like, a city people want to be in again. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting because we watch it and it feels like a period piece. But when it came out, it wasn't. It was definitely current events. Okay, so to stay on that topic a bit, you talked about how, you know, you have a a responsibility as a filmmaker to keep that accurate because it's such a big deal. But when you have movies that have to stay accurate, it's hard to make sure that they're also entertaining. Of course. And this movie was also entertaining. Like, this was a, like, if, if this could have been made up, and I still would have said it was a great movie. Yes. The fact that it was real, and that it was so close to reality, only makes it better. Like, so many movies that you, you keep tight to reality, you're like, oh, okay, alright. Yeah, they're boring. But this, or like, this they was don't fucking feel, good. They don't feel, ironically, the stories feel fake in movies like that because they're they're not like they're not clean you know so they feel right. like this is a this is a shitty story like this is not being told well um but yeah no this movie first of all the story's so fucking crazy the true story's so crazy that like y- it would be hard to fuck it up the other thing is that al pacino fucking knocks it out of the park like him as Serpico is just like that is peak Pacino, man. Like, holy shit. Yeah, um, and it's and it's it's young Pacino. I mean, he'd only been in a handful of movies. I know. Godfather well, he, Part One was only like a year old, right? Yes, but to be fair, Godfather Part One is a pretty big feather to have in your cap already. Yeah, like, but that was like the only feather in his cap. No, he had done one other. Was it? He had done one other relatively known film. But um, but what it what is kind of cool is like in The Godfather, he plays the total other end, like the other side of the coin, yep. which is like the mafia family that is like that has the police in their pockets. Yep. Um, and he does so. He does both so like deftly, and like he's so great, like as you know, as, um, 
what's Corleone? I don't Michael Corleone. Michael, Michael, yeah. Um, he's so great as him. Like he's so smooth, and he's so like level headed, and he's so like, you know, above he's got that, everything. He's got that suave, casual, calm. Nothing's gonna rattle him because he's confident. And then in this, he's like the complete fucking opposite. He's a good guy, and he's doing the right things, but he's a fucking lunatic. Well, he knows his life is on the line, man. Oh, another thing I wanted to bring out that I thought was this great, like, sort of, like, oh, here's a thing that he did that's not super relevant to the movie, but we're going to, like, we are going to showcase it, was his costumes. Like, he just walks into the sink as a rabbi. awesome. That was awesome. Awesome. The meat the meat packer, the construction worker, the rabbi. Yeah, dude. Like the wearing like the Mexican fucking whatever rug thing. Um, it just always just something different. And like that was the thing he did. Like he would dye his beard, he would do this, he would do that, he would like costume up. Like that was the thing that Serpico really did. It wasn't really relevant to the movie at all, but I love that they threw it in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, especially the rabbi one. Because, yeah, the, like, the other ones, like, you see him actually doing some of doing the work. Some, right, exactly. But the rabbi one, he just walks in, and then you see him, like, taking the stuff off while going up the stairs, trying to avoid the fact that he's got to talk to the, the boss. Yes. Yeah, dude, I loved that. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely, um, that was something that they pick up on in, um, in the it's always sunny episode too um uh charlie wants to wear all the costumes that that serpico wore but um anyway okay so i'm trying to think so those were the two big things that i feel like i wanted to talk about was like the sort of interesting elements of making a biopic that is trying to be really true to the subject. And then also the, the, Dan, al- I think that's supposed to be said biopic. Yeah. Well, maybe it's, um, I'm trying to think of like a third <laughs> by biopic biopic. I think I'm going to go with that. The biopic. I love it. Um, but anyway, and then the other one was like Al Pacino playing these two totally different characters, like right back to back. Um, you know, or really sandwiched, right? Because he did this right between Godfather one and, and two. Um, and then I guess the other thing, like, you know, we talked a little bit about how he, they filmed it in reverse. They were under a really tight schedule. I want to say they shot it in July and August in New York. Um, so there's a lot of scenes that are in the winter, you know, where he's wearing a lot of winter stuff that is, it's actually like super fucking hot and they got to make it look like it's cold. Um, and then, and then like they would shoot on these streets and just to, um, avoid any like anachronism, they would, if there were cars that came out after the year that it happened, because this spans almost 10 years uh, from the early sixties to the early seventies. Um, so if there were any cars on the street that weren't during the time when the, the shot was supposed to have taken place. They would ask people to move their cars, but all the cars that were left there were just cars that were on the street anyway. 
But um, you also just get this very like, just like in Taxi Driver, this very natural, organic, like New York City in the '70s feel because that's how it was oh, yeah. shot. You know, you like see the dirt, you see the grime, you see, you see the, the trash. You know. Yep. You see um, the chipped paint. You see the buildings that look, you know, like shitty tenements that are. Yeah, it's all of that is what it was like. That was all really legit, like shot on location. Um, And so to like, like you were saying this thing about Denzel earlier. I don't know if it made the recording or not, but um, in, in a sense, like train this training day reminded me a lot of this, like watching this. I'm like, I can see a lot of training day in this, you know, Um, of course, training day was like, not it was in California, but it was a lot of the same stuff where like things were shot on location and you were getting the actual like natural organic sort of grime of the place. Um, and, and that like makes it work, you know, because it's hard to recreate it in the same way that you can just go out and get it naturally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that they would be like, they'd be like, all right, so this car came out like the year after this shot. So do you mind like moving it over there out of the shot? Um, but yeah, dude, that's cool. You know, watching the movie, I don't think it really shows that a whole decade's gone by. Like it definitely shows time going by with the fact that he's got multiple different relationships and it shows the time going by with like, his progression of anxiety and he, you know, at one point he says it's been a year and a half at another point, he says it's been this five been years. years at five. I thought it was two. He was, he was on the beat for two years, right? Uh, yeah. Well, he said he did two years at the, so he said he did two years in uniform. Right. And yeah, then he said he did two years in, um, fingerprints and then when he was talking to his buddy that was also going to be a detective or whatever the political one yeah he was like what you didn't have to do four years in plain clothes right and then later on he's like i've been you know doing this shit for a year and now i've been doing this for a year and a half and then two years and then at the end i think he said five so like if you do the math and you add it all up yes you're right though it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a whole decade's gone by no it doesn't you're totally right so i guess do you feel like those comments are there so if you pay attention yes but yeah but it doesn't feel like the world is changing it's a four or five year max so do you think that I totally agree with you? I mean, it feels like watching it, if you didn't have those clues in there, to me, it feels like it could have been a year, honestly. But um, do you feel like that is good for the movie? Or do you think that that's a weakness of the movie? Like they should have made more of a point to say like a significant amount of time is passing, whether it's like showing like time lapses of like seasons or showing like, you know, holidays that are passing by or like, do you think that it would have benefited from really showing that a significant amount of time is passing? Um, I mean, I think there could have been some benefit. They, they really tried at the end, um, not at the end of the movie, but like when, when he's at that last 
um, when he's at that last group, um, when he's getting like really, really angry and he's really trying to reach out and he starts talking about how it's been a year, it's been a year and a half. This is my life. Like I, like when he's really stressed out that he's going to get killed, Mm -hmm. they again and again, try to show you or tell you that he's being stressed because of the amount of time. I think it could have benefited more from having something else at another point in the movie showing how much time had gone by, but I don't think it would have been necessarily significant improvement to the movie. I mean, the movie was, was pretty solid as is. Yeah. If you were to add more of that, it's going to add more time to the movie. So for the value that you gain by showing the time passing, is it worth it? I don't know. I think there's a couple things they could have done that would have been minimal on time impact. Showing the weather changing. Or even literally just putting the dates like at the bottom of the screen being like, Oh yeah. 1965, 1968. If they had done something like that. Yeah. It would have made it feel much more documentary ish. If they just put dates on the bottom. I think do that in movies all the time though. Right. But the content of the movie itself would have, would have saved it from that. Yeah, okay, so I think if they had done something simple like that, had one holiday pass and show some dates, or so, or mention, you know, oh, I've been with this girl for four years now, or something like that. You know yeah, what I mean? had an like, anniversary like, dinner, you know? An anniversary dinner, or if if Lori, when she was leaving, was like, I've been dealing with this shit for five years, like, I can't right. handle it anymore. Right. If she had just said that, I uh, think, yeah. you know, a little thing here or there, it would have just made the amount of time passing, I don't know, stand out a little bit more. Because if you think about it, his life is on the line for a long time. Yes. And so there's a comment by one of the other cops that's like, you know, I don't want to see anything happen to you. And I'm not saying that it will, but it could. And it's not that, you know, one of the other cops has to shoot you or do something to you. They could yeah. just not be there narcotics. for you. <laughs> right 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 and they're like they could just not be there for you or they could send you in first a number of times until something happens and and that's what fucking happens yeah yeah so, i mean when he gets transferred to narcotics it's like that's a that's a death sentence you know yeah you 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 feel like he's fucked but like if they i would have preferred if they had shown one narcotics bust go well before the one that went bad. You know what I mean? Like yes. he went like his. Okay. So he only had two interactions with narcotics. The first one where the guy's like, get in my car. Don't fuck with this. It's a lot of money. I fucking hate you. Get out. And then boom, he shot in the face. That's it. That's all you get. And that's a significant portion, not time wise, but impact wise of the movie is those guys not backing him up. Right. You right. I mean? No, that's hugely important. So, Cause, cause, okay, so in in real life, the so the only thing that I wish they had really added to the story for authenticity's sake is at that bust. So, so two cops stayed behind in the mm-hmm. hall while one waited outside. That really happened, mm-hmm. and those two cops refused to go in. That really happened, mm-hmm. but in real life. 
Serpico shot the guy that shot him him. Yeah. Before he fell down. And the two police officers that were there refused to call in help. Yes. It was a neighbor in the building that called for That was something I was gonna say is the fact that he's just the next thing you know is you see him being like brought to the hospital. In they a regular cut, police car right? without those guys. And you don't know how he got picked up or what happened. But the fact that they didn't call it in, that's really fucked up, man. And that was a that was a legit thing that happened. And I feel like that would have been a strong thing to include in the film. Absolutely. So that I mean that's a significant issue. Is that not only did they not back him up, they refused to call in help for him. They were committed to letting him die i mean there's some speculation that they set it up like with this drug dealer yeah to to kill him yeah like it was a hit um but i don't i don't know that's not in the movie no that's not in none of that speculations in the movie that speculations in real life yeah, um, I mean, it's I in the movie in the sense that they there has been a threat that, like, we won't cover you, you know? Like, ne- well, not... no, they don't threaten that they're not going to cover him. A different cop threatens that someone might not cover you. Right. So if they had shown one other bust where they made Serpico go first and possibly covered him or had a slightly delayed response to him that wasn't as delayed as that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. or if they'd at least shown so so what they did show is they showed that eventually one cop went in and one cop didn't right i don't know what happened that one cop that didn't go in looked down at him and then ran away yeah so you you don't know is he going to call it in or is he right. going to get away from the scene of the incident you don't know Right. So if they had, I mean, even if you had just heard and not even seen a guy down the hall be like, oh, my God, what's happening? Call an ambulance. Right. You know, like, even right. if you had just heard that from some random person in the hall, that would have been enough to show, OK, it's not the cops calling it in. It's someone else. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, but I do want to go back really quick to the times, like the time thing, because I want I had a couple thoughts on that. Um, because I was thinking about like, would the movie have been served better if we had a more like a stronger feeling of, of time lapsing? Do you think it would have, I guess the one thing that I would say is like something we've talked about that I think is a really strong point of the movie is like, you don't really see Serpico changing until you look back, you know, you get to the end of the movie and you, and you look at, and you look at who he was at the beginning versus who he was at the end, and you're like, holy fuck, like this dude has like totally changed. This 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 thing has totally changed him. Um, I feel like maybe if they had made more of a point to show us time passing, that that would not that they would not be able to have that would not be as like they would have struggled to make that how do I want to say this they they wouldn't have been able to um like you would have noticed it more 
you would have noticed him changing more. I feel like if you felt like time was passing, if more time was passing. Right, um, so even if they didn't show the time passing, even if, so that comment I made about, like, when Lori was breaking up with him, if she had just said, you know, I've been dealing with this shit for five years, it's gotten worse and not better. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that by making it feel like it's happening in a compacted time frame, it makes it even like it may it's like making your brain even less inclined to the notion of him changing. You know what okay, I mean? I because you're, you're like nothing's changing. It feels like nothing's changing. You know, nothing's changing in his so world. maybe that was intentional. I don't know if it was or not, but I don't know that it would have been as strong if we felt like as an audience, a lot of time was passing because when we feel like a lot of time is passing, when we're watching or list or reading a story or something, we are assuming that people are changing during that time. If, if this movie felt like it spanned the decade, our brains would automatically be looking for him changing, you know, that's true. Um, whereas where this feels like it's all like one brief narrative, um, you don't expect him to be changing as much until you do look back and you're like, holy shit. So I don't know, but I do think on the other side of that coin, you do lose something of this, like uh, you, there's a little bit of impact lost on like how long he's been dealing with this shit, how long he's been struggling with, his frustrations and nobody helping him. Um, you don't feel those same feelings just because it hasn't felt like a long time to you. So I think, you know, there's pros and cons to however you do it. And you do feel the frustration just because Pacino does such an amazing job of demonstrating it. If, but you don't necessarily feel it. If this movie it. didn't have Pacino, this movie would have been a flop. Oh yeah, no, for for a fact, for an absolute fact. How, like, do do you know? I mean, so I know he was nominated for an award. Yeah. Was the movie um, critically acclaimed? Was it accepted well? Like, did it yeah. do well in the yeah. box office? Were people like all about it? Yeah, yeah, people liked it a lot. I mean, people were big on Pacino at the time anyway because of The Godfather. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. Let's get give this a score in a metal moment. Um, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. Nice. Um, it's a very solid movie. Uh, it it feels like a slow burn movie that, like, if you're not paying attention, if you're not into it, I can definitely imagine some people being bored. Or not getting sucked in, um, not enjoying it. But if you pay attention to this movie, it has so much going for it. Um, the acting, especially for Pacino, is incredible. The story itself is a badass real story um, that has a significant impact on American life. Um I think it was shot well. I think that it was directed. Like, everything they did, they did well. Um, 
So an eight and a half. Definitely, definitely solid. Um, when it comes to... When it comes to a metal moment. Um... I mean, there's so many, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's all metal, you know. <laughs> okay, my metal moment is it's got to be oh, man, it's so fucking hard. Okay, when um, it's so hard to pick, um. <laughs> Because so much of the movie, it's like it's like one long badass moment. Like they compact it, and it's just one long badass moment. Okay, so I want to say it's basically just the fact that he just keeps going back to work, but that's kind of a cop out. Yeah, that's, like that's every, not a that's moment. That's like every scene. Yeah. So single scene has to be. He gets transferred to a new place. People are already like calling around other districts being like, watch out for this guy. You can't trust him. So he gets transferred to this new moment. So metal. It's putting you to sleep, man. I haven't had any fucking caffeine (laughs) too old for this shit. Um, so he had, so he's, he's transferred. Right. And so he's walking in and he's going to meet the boss. He's like, all right, where's the guy? And they're like down, you know, down that corridor. And like, it feels weird from the beginning of the time that he gets into this place. People are eyeballing him, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this guy like tacking shit up, and he's got a fucking knife in his hand, and he's like, "I heard about you," and like yeah. threatens him, and he's like, "You better not fuck around," or you know, like I don't remember what he says, but he basically threatens his life. And Pacino, without any Serpico, without any hesitation at all, yep, grabs the guy, flips him to the ground, and has yes. a gun to his fucking face immediately he was ready man he bought that gun specifically yeah. for that reason yeah. yeah are you expecting an army no just a Dude, division. just a division what a great line i fucking love that line it's perfect but the fact that he just drops that like he's a fucking cop in a police station and he drops a cop with a gun to his face yeah and then dude. calmly goes to the boss's office <laughs> and he's like you know i mean I don't mind who I work with. I don't know if they want to work with me. No, like, no. The best part is he walks in and he's just like, he's just like officer Serpico reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> like nothing so just casual. fucking happened. I know. He's got to go fucking work with these people day in and day out. And he just dropped one in a room full of them. No hesitation. Like you're not going to fucking threaten me. I know. I love that. And I don't know. I don't know like how big Frank Serpico was, I'm sure, or is, I'm sure I could find out, but I'm not getting right now. But like the fact that Al Pacino is like shorter than all these guys also makes it way more. Have you seen pictures of Serpico and Pacino together? No. From, I mean, I have, but they're like sitting like I, not like height. I I feel like Serpico was maybe an inch or two taller than him. Yeah. But he did. He didn't seem like he was built any bigger. So I love that though, right? Like I love that Pacino is like smaller than all these guys and fucking them up, you know? Yeah, he's a little diminutive. He's he's very like he's just a very average guy, except he's got all the balls 
and he's got all of the morality like yeah that story he tells about why he wants to be a cop yeah when he's explaining it and he's and he's talking about being a kid and there was a stabbing and like he didn't understand no one knew what was going on and then the people parted like the red sea and then these guys in blue they know what's going on i don't know what they know but they know they know i mean yeah it's like that does a really good job showing his his intensity and commitment is a huge theme in this movie. I mean, I mean that's not a great theme. Pickup line to Lori when when he's in the garden listening to music and he's talking to her and she's like, "I gotta, gotta I gotta go to work at the hospital." And he's like, "Well, call in sick. It's a good place for it." You know, making yeah. a joke. Yeah, and she's that's like, "No, I gotta go." And and he's like, what are you committed or something? And she is. Yeah. And like, pff, he's fucking sprung. Like yeah, he's man. ready to go because she's committed. And like that's the that's his whole thing is commitment. And that's with with his first girlfriend at the party. He's like, how come all your friends are on the way to be something different? Yeah. And then she's like, marry me or I'm gonna marry someone else. And he's like, I thought you were committed to like being an actress. And she's like, she can be an actress in Texas. Listen, he's not committed to her. He's too committed to his job. Exactly. She's, she's not like, doing anything wrong. I'm not saying she's doing anything wrong. What I'm saying is the movie shows he is 100% committed to being a cop, has been since he was a kid. He's going to do it to the best of his ability, even if it gets him killed. So something that we didn't really mention, but you kind of just triggered in my mind is like, there's, it's really interesting. Like he never seems like he really wants to be at the center of this giant corruption lamp lighting bust. He just wants to do his fucking job. And honestly, I feel like if all these other cops would just like leave him alone and let him do his job, he wouldn't even like bother. He wouldn't have turned him in. Exactly, but he it's just, just like done his job. Yeah, he's but just, they just kept shoving it in his face. Exactly, and they want like they keep pressuring him and pressuring him to be a part of it because they know that when he, as long as he's not like he, like he can screw them over. But, but they end up kind of like they end up kind of like you know, like it's self fulfilling prophecy, you know, because they won't stop. They won't just let him like do what he needs to do. I mean, he even fucking drives around the bag, man. Yeah. And like, he's there for all of it. And he just, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't say anything when the cops beating on someone. He doesn't say anything when they're taking money. He just doesn't participate. Exactly. And the, and the people are like, you know, here's your money. He's like, I'm not on the take. You know, what's very casual is even with the pastrami sandwich or the roast beef sandwich, you never Can I even just see pay him, for it and get what I want. You never see him even take a bite of it. Well, he doesn't want to eat it because it's all fatty. But that's not the point. It's like this that's subtle true. thing. It's this subtle that's thing true. where you never see him ever reap the benefit of anything corrupt. Ever. Not even a bite of a roast beef sandwich. That's true. But I got to say, there's also another, there's a couple of little things that happen. Like, for example, he keeps that 300. No, um, he doesn't. No, no he doesn't. No, he he doesn't. turns it in. Shut up. He no. keeps it. Shut up. No. 
he holds on to it okay. for a long period of time, is what I mean. Okay. Not keeps forever, not keeps as in uses. Yeah. He keeps it with him and keeps trying to tell someone and be like, what do I do with this? I do not no. want this. How do I fucking deal with it? And eventually, one of the other cops is like, oh, I'll, uh, I'll pass it along. And, like, literally puts it in his wallet right in front of him. But he doesn't, like, he's not like, oh, I need that as evidence or anything. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. You're corrupt. You take it. Whatever. And he walks away. But there's the scene with, um, oh, the first bagman that he's, that he's hooked up with. Mm-hmm. And he goes to that, like, that guy's, like, extra apartment he keeps. And I don't remember the guy's name, but he says he's going to hold his money for him. And if he wants it, it's there. Uh, Rubello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like pouring drinks or whatever. There's there's this very small part where Serpico's like, you know, if I had a family that I needed to feed or if I was broke, like maybe then. But I don't have a family and I'm not broke. So like, why would I stick my neck out? Like, why would I fuck around? Like... He he leaves open the possibility of like, I, okay, there might be legitimate reasons for you guys to feel like you need to do this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not me. Like but I'm not he's saying not, he's not trying to justify it for them. He's right. not trying to say that he ever would. But he's just he's trying to be able to say, like, you do you trying to stay neutral. I do me. Exactly. He's just, not trying to be a dick about it. He's exactly. not trying to like he doesn't want to go turn all these people in. He just wants to be a cop, and they right. keep shoving it in his face. Yeah, they make him, man. They make him do it. And the so. only way he can do his job is if he gets them off his back, and the only way to get them off his back is to turn them in. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree, man. Even that, though, even that scene where he goes to uh, Rebello's apartment, um... I was even looking there to see if he would take a drink with him. And you never even see, you don't even hear him pour. You don't see him pour himself a drink. He asked Rebella what he wants to drink, but he now, you never see him pour himself a drink or take a drink or anything. Oh, that's true. I didn't yeah. pay attention to that. Yeah, man. So he's like, you never see, never see anything like that from him, which I think is interesting. Um, just subtle, just subtle, you know, like they're not, they're not trying to like hit you over the head with it, but it's almost like omission, you know, it's like showing it by omission. Um, okay. You want to hear my metal moment? No, I want to hear your score first. All right. I would give this movie. I'm going to give this movie a nine. Um, for biopics, it's like, it does such a great job of as far as I have read, you know, the true story of Frank Serpico being really authentic and being really true to who the man was and the way that he thought. And based on what I know of how Al Pacino like really wanted to get to know Serpico, like I think that that's all true. Um, so from that perspective, it's fantastic. Uh, from the perspective of showing like a really authentic New York of the 60s and 70s, it's right up there with like Taxi Driver, you know. Um, I would agree. The Taxi Driver vibe, yeah, the, re- the reality, the grittiness, it's definitely there. Yeah, like the music, like the score. The score, it's very light on score, 
But when it has it, it's just like, man, it just puts you there, dude. It's like a fucking time machine. Um, and then, you know, Pacino's performance, like, top fucking notch, dude. Like, it's, he's fantastic. Um, so yeah, man, just like all that stuff, it just, they really, they really nailed it. Um, and it's interesting because it's kind of like just this standalone movie and it's, it's hard for a movie to be great when it's just kind of like out there on the wind like that, you know, it's like Godfather's great, but there's two Godfathers, you know, and three, well, (laughs) there's two. Um, (laughs) well, earlier you'll remember, I said I wanted to do Godfather one and two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's two Godfathers. There's three Indiana Jones. Um, you know, we could go on like that, but, um, you know, this was just like a movie and it was just made and it wasn't like, it wasn't this huge epic thing. It was just out there and it's just out there, but it's really, really good. And so I think that if somebody loves Taxi Driver or if somebody loves The Godfather or Scarface, you know, um, or even if somebody wants to understand, like, the way things were in New York City in the late 60s and early 70s, like, this has a lot. This is one of those, like, gems, you know, that people don't necessarily know about. It's kind of flown under the radar for the most part. But like, or at least in our generation, it is. I mean, I'm sure I mean, when it came out and it was current events, I'm sure it was bigger. I bet if I asked my mom if she's ever seen Serpico, she'd be like, "What? What? Like, she wouldn't even know that it exists." I don't think even when it came out, it like caused a huge stir. Like, I mean, I'm sure that she, you know, that people from that generation know about like the Nap Report. And they might even know about Frank Serpico, but I don't know. Like this movie, I don't think was like huge. And, and there's a lot of movies made every year, man. Like, you know, um, not every movie's huge and that doesn't make it a bad movie, but the point still like that. I'm the larger point I'm trying to make is like, if you like Pacino, if you like, you know, movies set in this time period And, like, I'm always looking for, like, something else, you know, something that I've never heard of before that is just kind of out there, just hidden. Um, I'm telling you, like, Serpico is one of those movies, like, you should definitely check out. It's like this gem that's just kind of sitting out there to check out. Um, So, yeah, I guess I give it, what did I say, a nine. I'm going to go with a nine. And then uh, my metal moment is, like, God, I wish I could remember the speech better, but uh, it's kind of like Serpico's kind of being like for one of the rare moments in the film, he's kind of being like a little bitch and like crying about how he has no friends and how hard it all is. You say it's a rare moment, but people are calling him out on that shit all the time. Yeah, but like he's usually just really angry and like really frustrated and like but there's a moment where he like doesn't want to do the right thing because like you know he's he he doesn't you know he doesn't have any friends and it's like this chief chief green i think was his name oh yeah i know what you're talking who's about who's like who's like quit fucking crying dude he's like 
you want to talk about friends? He's like, there's a whole fucking line of police officers in this city who would love to drive over my dead corpse. He's yeah. like, I don't want to hear this shit. He was, in, he was like leader of like internal affairs for like 20 years or some shit. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, my per- name's a obscenity in like every district. And yeah. And so like, like, yeah, like, yeah I I've can heard. attest to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just this great moment where this like, you know, they, they're, they're kindred spirits. And this is a guy that Serpico can look up to and like, you know, know that not everybody's corrupt and like, no, I have to do the right thing. Cause here's an example of somebody doing the right thing. Um, and not being a little crybaby about it and not being afraid that they're not going to have any friends. Um, so I love that. Uh, I love that character, that chief green. Um, and I love that it like gets Serpico to like muster up that, that, that last little bit of like, you know, just fucking, you know, grittiness to just do what he's got to do. Um, something else I wanted to say before we, before we leave, um, before we call it, uh, this other really great theme of the film, uh, that I feel like was super important, especially at this time. It, you know, you see it in films all the time now, but maybe less back then. It's like, things are not always what they seem. You know, um, the juxtaposition of how people appear ver- versus how they are. Because Serpico is like this dirty hippie. And if you look at him, you don't think that, like, he's legit. You know, like, people don't believe he's a cop. He asked the girl, the first girl he's with, he's like, would you believe me if I told you I was a cop? And she's like, no. Um, and he's accused of being gay, which at the time would have been, like, illegal. Um and the commissioner wasn't gonna let him be a detective because there was a rumor that he was gay right because they saw him in the washroom um with a dude in the dark uh who by the way was like peeping on a girl but uh even no one had a problem with that even then like back to my whole point about him never like reaping the benefits of corruption he looks through the binoculars and doesn't even see the naked girl um which I think is interesting. He also right? doesn't like. He doesn't rat on the peeping guy. No, he doesn't. But anyway, he, he really only talks about like you're going to accuse me of this, right? Like exactly. And they never talk about the other guy. No. But anyway, um, you know, Serpico doesn't look the part, you know, and they make a point of that that he, he looks like a dirty part. hippie. That party he goes to with his first girlfriend. And everyone that he's introduced to as a cop is like, uh, and walks away. Right. And then he stops talking about being a cop. Yeah. And he Can goes you not and he tell, makes like he, a I mean, he never talked about it. He never talked about it. She talked about it. And he was like, Can you stop telling everybody I'm a cop? Well, right. But then, like, he made a shit ton of friends. And then they were like, You know, you really are a cop. And he's like, Yeah. But they're, they're fine with it after they get to know him. Right. Because he's not like the cops that they know. Like he's exactly like they they hear cop and they automatically think, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. And then yeah, they get funny. to know him and they're like, well, he's not like that. Thankfully, we've made like these huge advances in the last fifty years where it's oh wait no never mind, it's still the same bullshit. Yeah, watching but, um, this movie is very like 
scary and disheartening in the sense that like it's all the same shit yeah like how the fuck do you trust police knowing that this is a thing and like to a certain extent you have to trust the police because like who else do you trust in certain situations i don't know when was the last time you called the police i mean i live in maine like I mean, I think that what, <laughs> like, what are the trees like, going to break into my house? Like, I mean, I think what we've learned from movies like Boys in the Hood and stuff is like, you can't call the police, you know, um, unless the police, you know, it, unless you're like a rich white person, like calling the police isn't going to do you any good. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, there, this movie is very disheartening because if you want to talk about time passing, you know, it's been uh 60 years uh 50 years since the movie was made and um it's like the same shit right yeah i mean they they like to say that it's a lot better and you know the there was a a big ceremony um that the real frank serpico was at where the mayor of new york or whatever was talking about how like now there's the exact opposite attitude with cops and like you can't act like that or you're a pariah like you can't be like on the take right but like of course they're gonna say that right i mean yeah yeah they're not gonna be like oh it's the same thing as it's always been right you Um, can't do that and honestly like like, maybe new york is better but like the like better doesn't necessarily mean good right right Maybe they're just better at the way they're doing it. Just like even in the movie, they were better at how they did it in Manhattan than they were in the Bronx, right? Right. They had the retired cops doing it, so that exactly. none of the none of the like active cops had dirty hands. Exactly. So who who knows? But um, anyway, yeah. I, to complete the thought, Serpico looks like a dirty, grungy hippie who does who is not probably like you know. At the time, would not be considered trustworthy. Would not be considered like to uphold the law. And then on the other side of that, you have all these cops that look the part, but are actually completely corrupt scumbags. So, um, you know, that's that's a great that's a great you know sort of message that comes across in the film is things are not always as they seem. You know, trust is not always about the way people look. It's about who they are as people. And um, and even like another another demonstration of that that I feel like is even kind of like more powerful is um, Serpico's buddy Tom. These guys are like two completely opposite people and have two completely opposite approaches to how they do things. But they have the same, like, they have the same principles, you know? Like, you see his buddy, and you're like, this dude is probably a part of this corruption. But he's not. He's always there for Serpico, and he's always trying to make it right, and he's always trying to get it figured out for him. Like, he's totally, totally on the same page. They're just doing it different ways. And, And that's another great example of, like, you know, we don't have to look the same. We don't have to be the same kind of people. We don't even have to like approach things the same way. 
like to to still work together and be on the same side of this thing. Um, well, so yes, I agree with all that you're saying, but also, if that guy has the same morals and he's also a cop in New York, why do you, why does he never talk about the corruption that he he sees? didn't do that he didn't do he he went straight to his gold gold star or whatever the fuck they called it gold gold shield, gold shield. like detectives so yeah. was there was there no corruption in the detectives I don't know man I mean that that never really gets brought up but all I do know about him is that um every single time that Serpico needs help he's there to help him he's there to connect him to people. Now, a lot of those chains that he that he kind of hooks him into don't they end, you know, immediately there, but he's there to try to make those connections for him over and over and over again. That's um, true. Now, I mean, in regard to corruption, Serpico wouldn't care about the corruption either if it didn't interfere with him trying to do his job. So, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what to say about that. I do know that as soon as Serpico brings him the $300, which was the very first, you know, other than the diner incident, it was really the very first, you know, um, real like bribery that you see. Um, Tom is already like, fuck yeah. He's like, I can open a whole can of peas with this. Yeah. Which to me, I hate peas. So I totally like, that's a great man. Also, an envelope that literally just says 300, 300 and has money in it. And there's no other evidence whatsoever. Like you can't open shit with that. No, man. I don't know, but, uh, that was great. It was a great movie. I'm super stoked that we watched it. Scent of a woman would have been a good time, but I had never seen this and I'm glad that I got I to see it. I did not realize you had not seen this. And yeah. that fact right there makes me enjoy that we did this even more. Because that you're right. That is kind of why we do it. Yeah. And it's not like we watched a dud. We watched a great movie. So you, well, listen, you got to. We're getting you know, ready to do something t- new. We're getting ready to do tea. I think that there's enough tea movies that we could pick a couple tea movies that either one or both of us haven't seen. You should pick a T movie you haven't seen. I'll pick a T movie I haven't seen. Ah, but there's T movies I have seen that I want to watch and talk about. I know, but like that one that fun. I thought was an S movie and realized that there's more words in it. Well, I was going to say maybe maybe your T movie can be something I haven't seen, but I've seen that movie. So um but in regard to that movie, I would like to do a series on that dude's films because I love, love his films. Oh, I mean, yeah, that would so, be cool too. So maybe that, maybe we can do that at some point in the future. Anyway, we don't have to, I'm not married to this idea, but it might be fun. We have not done, when was the last time we did a movie you hadn't seen before? I don't remember before Rocky, so... I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's very, it's very uncommon, uh, and so I think we should try. Okay, all right. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of really, there's so many good T movies. That's what I'm saying. She sure would be a good a letter to do it we with. We haven't seen, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll look all into right, it. Man. Bye. Well,